Live from the Tech Talk Studios hey. in the nation's capital and the heartland of America. It's Tech Talk. Well, it's Friday. It's time for Tech Talk. I'm Brad Cost, my co-host. Man, I don't even know how to describe him. He is the most outstanding, the most national, the all-American data doctor, Dr. Jay Greenstein. How about that, Jay? What's up, brother? I mean, your intros for me get better every single time. I feel like I got to return the favor soon, right? Well, you know, I've got to do that on the fly. Sometimes I'm I'm worried I'm going to have a brain fart. But, you know, you describe (laughs) you as all-American and a national and the most loved. I can't go wrong, buddy. And you are the data doc of talk. There is no question about that. Well, thank you, brother. It is great to be here. It is Friday, and we have a spectacular guest with us, internationally renowned Mr. Paul Wright, physiotherapist and business entrepreneur. And I'm really excited, Brad, for this particular episode because I think we're going to learn a lot of really great information, and our audience is going to learn a lot of really great information on how to run their businesses in a way that drives freedom. So if it's okay, I'd love to to start with the intro. Cool, so Paul is a physiotherapist and former owner of multiple allied health clinics in Australia, which, you know, as he tells us, he rarely visited. Like he created really strong infrastructure so he didn't have to be there all the time. He is the author of the Amazon bestseller, How to Run a One Minute Practice, and God knows everybody would love to run a one minute practice. He's also the founder of Practiceology, uh, the health business freedom program that has helped thousands of allied health business owners across 57 countries, Brad, and he's helped these doctors and physiotherapists and business owners earn more, work less, and enjoy their lives, which I call freedom, and we can never have enough freedom. So Paul, brother, welcome to the podcast. Super excited to be here, guys. I'm I'm excited. This would be this would be fun. You guys are great, and we're actually recording this time, so we don't have to do this a third time. We've had a couple of technical glitches today. I don't know what it is. I hope that uh, doesn't continue and we're done with them. But um, that's great, Jay. Let's get going, Paul. I'm I'm excited to learn about what you do. You're coming from the deep down under uh, Australia if you haven't noticed from the accent. So let, let's learn a little more about you. Well, I, I grew up in a small country town. You guys talk about the outback. Uh, this was the outback, like outback Australia. And and I laugh because there was no there was no physios, chiros, osteos, podiatrists. There was no allied health professionals. There was a visiting doctor and the odd dentist, but that was it. So what does a young kid do uh, who likes sport? I decided to become a physical education teacher. That was my first career choice. So I, I went to Newcastle University um, on the east coast of Australia, just north of Sydney, to become a, a phys ed teacher. Uh, loved it. Uh, sport was a real passion for me. But I, I think like a lot of, of you guys, entrepreneurs, I, I think I was frustrated that I, when I saw my career was working for someone else as a teacher. I thought, okay, well, and, I, and then I met a physiotherapist, which I didn't even know what a physiotherapist was. So... Met them injuries, anatomy, physiology. I thought that's 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 the go. So I applied to go to Sydney Uni as a mature age student. Got accepted into Sydney Uni. 
um, graduated as a physiotherapist. Then I could run my own practice, which I think was probably the whole reason why I moved from phys ed teaching into, into physio. I didn't know it at that stage, but sure. proceeded, proceeded to open my practices. I ended up with six clinics in, in Sydney and one in, uh, five in Sydney, one in Newcastle. My wow. claim to fame claim to fame I didn't go to any of them I I learned the the e-myth systems by Michael Gerber uh, very yep. early which was a big influence on me and a lesson for you guys there I was treating patients in my cubicle in, in my one of my practices you know the story start early finish late you see the sun come up over the horizon see the sun go down from your cubicle yep and and guys this bus kept going past past the highway at the front of my practice and the bus on the side of the bars it said why most small businesses fail and what to do about it is on the side of the bus and this bus must have gone past a thousand times and and I'm better now with the universe telling me things but the universe was telling me to do something I, I'm better at that now but I wasn't very good then <laughs> I, I, I rang the phone number on the bus which led me to register for a Michael Gerber seminar then I got into e-myth systemized the practices then built them and then sold them uh, because I had a real passion for helping other owners do what I'd done, which led to practiceology, created our programs, married my beautiful wife, Helen, loved my life for 30 years, four grown-up daughters, and I was there for everything because the businesses gave me the life to do it. And that's that the lesson is, I'm trying to share now. Yeah, that's just a beautiful story. I love that, especially the family piece, which is so important. I know a lot of docs and physios and, and business owners in healthcare, allied health professionals, they struggle with. And, and today you're going to teach us the seven critical mistakes which reduce profits and increase stress and, and, and chain you to your healthcare business. So I'm really excited to hear about this, but what I, I, what I love is, is where you started with the e-myth, right? And, and I got to tell you, Paul, like when I started reading that book, I was like, this is fucking bullshit. I can do it all, right? I can be the entrepreneur. I can be the manager. I can be the technician. This is bullshit. And I slowly started to realize that I was full of shit and then I couldn't. And it was my ego talking. And once I figured out that I was actually the entrepreneur, my life changed forever. So, well, so let's well, get in. Sorry, but Gerber, Gerber, Gerber does it. You know, one of the first parts of Gerber, which is just a simple read. You should all read it. Simple read. But he, yeah, you know, he creates read. the op, you create the organizational structure of your business. You know, who's doing finance, accounting, marketing, recruitment? Who's doing all these? And put put a name in those boxes. And your name's in every box. Like, yeah. And you start. Hang on, that's not how it works. Well, I don't want to be in that <laughs> box. I'm, I'm. I was the. I was the towel washer. One of my best stories. I had six practices and was still washing towels. It was just yep. stupidity. Yeah, but, anyway, but but so I was the t so I was in the towel washer box. But you got to get rid of these boxes and move up the ladder. That's that's kind of the whole process here. But we'll talk Amen, about that today. brother. Amen. I love it. So I know we got seven to talk about. Why don't we start with the first three in this segment? Well, well. By the way, I've, I've picked seven, but it could be seven thousand. Um, and I've made all seven thousand of them. So, but let's let's fine tune a couple. One of the big ones: failing to understand the true role of your business. And that's, I think, where this whole thing came from. I wanted, I wanted a business that would give me more life. That, that's what I wanted from a business. Because otherwise, you should just have a job. If, sure. if you want to go to work at eight till five and go home and not think about it, then get a job. Sure. But if you want to have a business that gives you more life, that's often why we become business owners. You, if you ask everyone, Jay, well, why did you go into business? Well, I want freedom. I want to, to work for myself. The, the other guy I'm working for is an idiot. You know, what, whatever that is... You want freedom, but most of us don't do that because, as you know, we open the practice and then we're the therapist. 
as well as doing all these other things. So before you know it, we're, we're the owner, the manager, the therapist, the, the towel washer, everything. And yep. and that leads to overwhelm. So you've got to go into business knowing what's, what's the outcome you want. And and one one thing that I, I like to look with all of our practiceology clients, we get them to do what we call a freedom score. And a freedom score is simply how many hours per week do you physically need to be at your practice consulting with patients? That's a freedom score. So if you're doing a 40-hour consulting week, gee, it's hard to run the business when you're doing 40 hours face-to-face with patients. So, yep. so we said, what's your freedom score? And, and we've started in practiceology the No Patient Club, which is if you go for three months not seeing a patient, you get awarded the No Patient Club. You're a, a, a member of the No Patient Club because the idea is to reduce your consulting hours so you can work on the business. That's, sure. that's kind of the, 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 under, the, the model that we're trying to work towards. So know your freedom score, but understand you can go the other way. You can still be the consultant, but that's what we call a Mr. X model. Now, Mr. X, which is a, based on an osteopath I know, um, he does school hours, nine till three. Uh, he, he charges high fees. Cash only, by the way. You can't use credit card. It's cash only practice. If the surf's up, guys, you'll love this. He cancels the day. Uh, he doesn't work school holidays. Like He's just totally running the business how he wants to run it. But it's his. he's choosing that. It's That's how I want to run the business, and he does that. So you can choose how you want to run the business. You run the business, the business doesn't doesn't run you. That's the bottom sure. line for number one. Love it. You know, that's a very difficult, that's really easy to say, but that's a very difficult thing to do for a guy like me. I am not a, a clinician. I'm a business guy, run multiple and own multiple businesses. I've learned a lot of the lessons that you're talking about right now because my finger used to be in every pot. And <laughs> and, and that was back when this was a small company and, and you know there were only five or six of us. And today at 43 employees and four businesses, I really have to physically remove myself from some of that. and. The thing is, it runs better. Uh, you know, you got individuals focused on individual aspects of the business, and uh, they're paying strict attention to it, and it's doing well. Now, I love talking to clients. I love going to conferences, and I get a lot of grief from people. You're the CEO. Why are you standing here in the exhibit hall? You know, I, I love talking to the doctors. Some of them are my best friends. Look at Jay and I. I he and I both sit in the exhibit halls today. Because we like talking to the clients, I have a but great the difference example. Right? It's what it's it's what you want to do, not what you have to do. No, so you're I, choosing, exactly. you're, I understand exactly. that, but it's it's just this aspect of you get involved in it, and sometimes you don't realize that you're in you're in every one of those aspects. You got to stop and really pay attention. The other thing I, to I think totally about, guys, sorry, Jay, think about um, the other thing about current bank versus future bank business models. So a current we talk about a current bank business model is a Mr. X model because that guy's seeing the patients. He's getting a fair bit of money now, but that's but there's no sale in that. There's no future sale for that business because it's all about that person. That's exactly right. So it's current bank, but a future bank setting up the systems like, like I did and like Jay's probably done. You replicate yourself. You produce multiple clinics. You have a sellable entity. So it's a future bank versus a current bank model. So understand what your model is. And they're, they're both okay. Just understand... You don't you don't build the business around you and then wonder why you can't sell it for good money in five years time. Like just know just know what the business model is. 
Yeah, 100%. I totally agree with that. And, you know, I have been fortunate. I've removed myself from patient care. And I have a lot of doctors that reach out to me and ask, like, how did you do this? And it is a process. It takes time. And I know that we'll talk about this more as we go through these top seven mistakes. But I think at the end of the day, your point is so important because... 50 years later, you've got to have a business that you can exit from that delivers value back to you for all the value that you delivered to it. So um, so let's get to number two, Paul. Well, this is a classic for health business owners. We, we fall in love with our product. So the big mistake is to fall in love with the product. So think about why did you become a therapist? Well, I, I, I wanted to help people. I wanted to, so the bottom line there is I wanted to become a therapist. So, so I've fallen in love with the idea of being a physio, but at no time did I think, is there a market for that service? Is there an opportunity to make a business out of that service? So, so I, I place a mistake, I fell in love with the product. Um, and what you've actually got to do is you've got to fall in love with your market. So don't fall in love with what you do, fall in love with the market and how you can help them. Best example of that, guys, um, I hope you all watch Shark Tank. I love Shark Tank. Entrepreneurs should yeah. be addicted to Shark Tank. Yeah, for my, sure. My favorite Shark Tank episode was where the guy turned up trying to sell uh, underarm pads to stop the sweat going on your shirt for guys. Like, it's a, it's an underarm pad thing. That was his product. Brad, you, you would like that, right? That oh, would be very comfortable to wear I was looking day. at Brad's like, underarms earlier. I thought that, sh- that should be what Brad's into. But, but so, <laughs> so this is the product. He pitches it to the sharks and they go... No, because <laughs> I asked him, how many have you sold? Oh, I've been doing this about 10 years. I've sold a couple of thousand. So the market has told him they're not interested. But but they interviewed him out the back. What are you going to do now? Oh, I'm going to push on because I believe in this. <laughs> see, see, he's fallen in love with his product. Now, that's a mistake. So don't. F- my, my point to you, what's that mean for you guys? Don't fall in love with chiropractic, physiotherapy, osteopathy. Don't fall in love with your service fall in love with your market because your job is to find the desperate problem of the market and then fill it that's your job so so if there's so if there's a a need for migraine services in your in your area then you create the program that solves the problem you don't have to love migraine but you solve the problem that the desperate that the people have that's because the market doesn't care what you want your job is to satisfy the hungry market yeah, I, I think that's a great point. And Brad, Brad, Brad exemplifies that. You know, I know that you, you just met Brad today, Paul, but Brad has fallen in love with the chiropractic market and he has found ways to literally eliminate the pain that we have faced dealing with third party payers and reimbursement issues and, and allowing us as a profession, as individual providers, as state and national associations to be able to understand our data so we can fight back the abuses that we deal with. And so I think Brad, like you're, you are the perfect example of that. You know, you have fallen in love with the profession, not necessarily your product. You should fall in love with a problem in the, fall in love with the problem the profession problem. has. That's right. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly right. It didn't start out that way at all. But Jace Rod, I, I sort of stumbled into that market uh, and found that niche that it, somebody needed to fill. And to this day, nobody else has tried to fill that niche. It doesn't seem so like. That's, so that's your job as a health business owner or owner of any business. Find the desperate problem because the market doesn't care what you want to do. Like I had a guy come to me in a seminar once. He said, Paul, I, I want to open seven uh, physio practices in the northern suburbs of Sydney. This is in the seminar. I want to. And I knew he was in trouble when he started the sentence with I want to. Now, yeah. so have, have you looked at the available market? How are you going to staff these practices? Oh, I'll just advertise. So he wanted to do something, but he didn't know whether the market wanted it or not. 
So, so be careful of what you do. Don't fall in love with your product. Look, look at look at what the market needs. You, you might have a passion for, I don't know, elbow pain prevention in one arm golfers. But if there's not enough one arm golfers out there, there's no market for. It. So, so again, find find the hungry market. Hey guys, I, uh, I know we were trying to get to three J, but we're running a little over time. We need to take a quick yeah. break here, uh, so our sponsors can be heard. So. Come back in just a minute. Hang on. We'll be right back. This is Tech Talk. I'm Brad Cost with my co-host, Dr. Jay Greenstein, and our guest today, Mr. Paul Wright. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. As a Cairo Health USA provider, we're excited to work with you to identify which of your discounts are good, bad, or illegal. Most chiropractors bend over backwards to make their care affordable. Unfortunately, Dual fee schedules, false claims, inducement violations, and time of service discounts can all put you at risk. And no offense, everybody's doing it doesn't work with auditors. At Kyra Health USA, we're here to help protect and grow your practice. Just listen to our provider stats 20% overall practice growth versus 2019. Over 50% of CHUSA patients renew their membership year after year. Over 2,500 patients per month use our provider's search directory to find a CHUSA provider. At Cairo Health USA, our purpose is simple. It's to improve the quality of life for our doctors, their teams, and their patients. With over 5,000 providers and nearly a million patients, Cairo Health USA is the network that works for chiropractic. For more information, call 888-719-9990 or visit www.chirohealthusa.com. Welcome to Infinity. We have worked hard to create an electronic claims website that is simple and user-friendly. This is the public side. You can log into your personal web portal here. This is your dashboard. You can personalize it to your liking here. Our main focus has been to allow you to submit and edit claims as easy as possible. You will find our claims editor and claims processing is simple to use and straightforward. Our quick action bar is where you can find your most important information. Most of these icons will take you directly to the claims the number represents. You can easily view if you have any messages in your inbox of any unread alerts by looking for these blue numbers. To view the rest of our training videos to get the most of your Infinity experience, click this icon. We hope you find this web portal simple and easy to use. Thanks for letting us serve you. With the hot data jocks of talk, Ooh. it's Tech Talk. What's up, everybody? It's Dr. J here with my very good friend, Mr. Brad Cost, and another great friend, Mr. Paul Wright. We are talking about the seven critical mistakes which reduce profits, increase stress, and chain you to your healthcare business. And we've gotten through the first two, which is uh, failing to understand the, the true role of your business and also falling in love with your product versus falling in love with the problem and the market that you're trying to support. Um, I'm super excited to hear what's next, Paul. So, so share with us number three. Uh, health, health business owners and businesses in general, um, they, they fall victim to the perfectionist syndrome very easily. They, they want everything to be perfect, and as a result, they don't do anything. So they've got this program they've been working on for 10 years that they will, if they can just finish this last module, they'll launch it. They, it's just a mistake. And, and 
And one, one of my mentors said to me, Paul, it's better to be 80% and out the door than 100% and in the draw, which, which is right. So get it out there. And I think Reid Hoffman, the founder of, one of the founders of LinkedIn, said, if, if you're not embarrassed by the first version of your product, you have launched too late. Yep. And, and I love it because I'm, I'm the master it. of putting things out there and seeing if they work. Uh-huh. But a lot of people, a lot of health professionals won't do that because they're worried that it will, will reflect poorly on them, which it, it, it really doesn't. You've got to test the market first. They talk about the minimal viable product. Yep. Put something out there, see if it's got the market that is attracted to it and then fix it. Don't launch the bee's knees version. It's a big mistake in, in, in allied health businesses. So get it done, get it out there and test the market. That's that's, so Paul, that's I love it. And I, and I have a question for you because it is scary, right? And like providers are worried about, you know, or, or a business owner is worried about like how it's going to make them look. From, from your perspective, what are the things they can tell themselves or do to overcome that fear? Like if there's one thing that they can just tell themselves or do so that they don't get stuck in that rut? Well, sometimes easy, with, with the market these days, given in, in our business, if, you, if you're not sure, if, if before you go and create a great version of a product, just test if it's worth even going ahead with. So do a, put a low-cost seminar on, put a webinar on. Um, we, we do this with our products all the time. We did a, a front desk training program. So one of our, I, I identified, following what we did before, that there's a, there's a need for front desk training in health businesses. But we didn't know if they'd, if they'd pay for it. So we did a one-day seminar. We advertised the seminar, got the speaker, and we just check registrations. And if we got some good registrations, okay, we'll produce this program because it's, mm-hmm. it's going to give us, it's given us the idea the market's interested. So we then hired the camera guy, did the whole post-production, created the program on the back of the day. But we didn't just go and produce the program without testing it in some way first. Is the market interested? So yeah. just do a low test. Send an email to your list. Would you be interested in a migraine program? Anyone interested in golf problems? Anyone interested? We've got a seminar on. Send me your email address. I'll send you a resource. Yeah, that's the that's the first step. But once you get that, just do a do a trial version. Say to people, we're doing a, a, a pre-launch version of this program. It's a mini version of the final program. It's really cheap, and you test it with them, so they know they're getting a, a trial version. I mean, how often do we do that? Try this. You're part of the beta testing group. Help us fix it, and then we'll get the big program on after that. None none of that impacts your professionalism. It just says you're to the market. You're an innovator. You're trying to help them with their problem. You'll see if this has legs. Love it. It's such great advice. Okay, cool. Number four. Oh, number four, just terrible internal systems. Like if you go across any health business, if there's 10 practitioners, they're all doing things different ways. Someone's, it's just, and and that's usually because it goes back to our original, original issue. The owner is too busy seeing clients to know that this is happening. So you've got to be absent from the, from the consulting list so you can be free to see the problems. Uh, and we created One Minute Practice, that the program of the book that we wrote, was all about the systems we put into businesses that let the owner see how those systems were going, whether they were on the premises or not. So we now log into our client's One Minute Practice portal, which we created from it. I can see from the other side of the world in less than a minute, are the systems on track or not? That's, so you've got to have the systems in place. Um, are they getting a follow-up phone call? Are they getting a, a welcome email? Are they getting an action plan? Are they getting block booked? Is the cancellation policy working? Were they offered a, a, a product upsell? Like, and if you don't know those things, you're just you're flying blind. So you've got to have some way to record a system 
and make sure you can monitor it. But the key thing, the key issue when you're internal systems, don't launch something if you're not going to make them accountable for completing it. So it's the whole issue of systems is about accountability and can you measure it? It's, it's no good to say, you go to practices, Jane, you'll say, uh, does everyone get a written uh, plan when they have their initial consultation? Oh, I think they do. Well, most people do. Um, well, we did launch that a while ago. I think we're doing it. Like, like, and Gerber said it, you've got to remove discretion at the operating level of your business. Remove discretion. So, so Brian doesn't get a choice whether he does an action plan or not for every new patient. It just happens at our practice. That's how it happens. Yep. Yep. So, it's, so it's removing discretion. And my favorite example of that, uh, we had in our practices everyone got a written plan. So you, you saw the therapist, written plan, they came out, they gave that to the admin and they were booked from their written plan. And I, I, when I launched this in my business, I said to the team, there's only one situation where a person doesn't get a plan. There's only one time. When is that? And I asked the, I asked the group and they say, oh, if the, if the patient's got to go to the doctor. No, no, they'll still need a plan that says they've got to go to the doctor. Oh, okay. Um, oh, I don't know. All these other, other reasons. So there's only one time. That is, if the patient dies during the consultation. <laughs> I said that's, that's the only time I'll tolerate it. Now they, now they all, now they all did what you did. They all laughed about it. Ah. Now, so and they got to laugh and they remembered that. So, so here I am. So I launched the program, and I can see then if someone didn't get a plan. So I'd go to the therapist. Hey, hey, Brendan, what happened with Mrs. Jones yesterday? That's sad. What? What do you mean? Well. She didn't get a plan. She, she obviously died. She, she died. died. She obviously died during the concert. <laughs> That's tragic. Now he he laughed, but he got it. Yeah. Yeah. And I only had to I only had to say that a couple of times, and they knew. And and if it if it went on beyond that, I'd be having a discussion with Brendan. Is some part of what we're doing here not getting through to you? This is not negotiable. And right. there'd come and there'd be some time where if he didn't do it, we'd have that difficult conversation. He'd be out the door. Sure. But but that's that's so. Put systems in, but do one at a time and make sure you monitor it. Otherwise, you'll just add system after system and they're all half-assed and no one's doing them and it's a nightmare. So be tight. Yeah, I mean, this is all really brilliant stuff. And I feel like there's probably doctors out there that are listening to you right now, probably like, I got systems. I got some systems in place. And like, you know, no, you don't. No, you don't, because you're not measuring the output of those systems. You're not monitoring the inputs of those processes and systems. And if you're not doing those two things, you don't have fucking systems. Yeah, so it's, it's like, this is so important. Accountability so important. and accountability is the system. You don't need many. I think most businesses in health, if you get four or five things done every time for every patient, you'll, you'll have a pretty solid business. Yeah, no but J, Jay, face it, the entire chiropractic profession, excuse my tongue twisting there, <laughs> they haven't had accountability for themselves. They haven't owned their own data. They haven't done some of those things to find out. That's part of the battles we're fighting today is because they haven't had that data. They haven't been able to check on those systems. They haven't seen what they've been doing. Don't you agree I to think that? I do. There's no question about that. And I think there's no education around business infrastructure in the chiropractic colleges and even beyond. I think there are too many uh, folks out there, consulting groups out there that focus their attention on new patient acquisition. Everything's about driving more new patients. And it's like, okay, so yeah, they're, you're getting a bunch of new patients and they're falling through the cracks because you don't 
have good systems and therefore you don't have good experiences and outcomes for your patients and therefore you're tr always trying to get more new patients. So I think there's this is a this is a multi-layered issue, but regardless Understanding what Paul is saying, I think, is critically important. You've got to have these systems in place. One, one of the simplest ones, guys, we, we have a new patient register. So in one minute of practice, the whole process is a new patient register. So what are, this, what are the exact steps that every new patient must go through in your practice? So, so we talked about a couple. So did they get a written plan? And let's say the plan says they need twice a week for four weeks. So that's eight. So there's eight recommended consults. So, so did they get a plan? Yes. The next column is how many consults are on the plan? Well, eight. The next column is how many consults were booked. Well, that, if that's if that's not eight, let's say it's zero. I've got a problem, but I but I can see there's a problem from one simple layer line of data. Yes, yep. they got a plan, recommended eight, booked zero. <laughs> problem. You know, I would, but, but I can but I, but if I'm in my cubicle as the owner, treating patient after patient, and Brian's up the end of the, the in the, in his room or her room doing consult after consult of new patients, and not booking them in. I don't see that until I get a month down the track and Brian's got no patients in his diary. Yeah, I can't wait that yeah. long. It's too too big a lag. Don't wait for that. Yeah, you are describing so, so many so many of these problems that these providers face. So this is this is phenomenal, Brad. I know we got to take a quick break, <laughs> but I can't wait to hear the last three. Yeah, let's sleep. We're let's gonna sleep keep the, the audience on their edge. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna come back to it. Hang on, uh, we'll be right back. Listen to the future of healthcare with the data jocks of talk. It's Tech Talk. This is Jay Greenstein. With me today is Dr. Jay Greenstein. Dr. Jay Greenstein. The world around us and healthcare specifically is changing at an exponential pace. Chiropractic is perfectly positioned like we have never been right now today to be more successful and to be more impactful for the communities and patients that we serve. There are all sorts of evidence-based guidelines that, that support the use of non-pharmacological approaches. But what I want America to know is that health doesn't come from a pill. It's our responsibility as healthcare providers to educate the community about the evidence that exists. We really need to have a private practice app, something that will help us engage with our patients in ways that they've never experienced before. The intersection of technology and quality care is where the future of healthcare is at, and I'm really excited to bring that forward in the future. Hi, I'm Dave Klein, co-founder and director of business development for PayDC, the chiropractic industry's leading developer of cloud-based integrated practice management software. PayDC is fast, easy, and affordable to use. PayDC will significantly help you improve your practice in three main areas. Number one, it will help you reduce the amount of time needed for training. Number two, it will help you increase your revenues both from insurance companies and your patients. And number three, the system is based on federal law, improving the quality of your documentation and helping you tell a better story of how you care for your patients. With the hot data jocks of talk, Ooh. it's Tech Talk. Welcome back. You're listening to Tech Talk. I'm Brad Koss, Dr. Jay Greenstein, the Data Doc of Talk. We've been talking today with Mr. Paul Wright from deep down under in Australia. And Paul's been giving us the seven um, reasons of business, functions of business. And we're down to the last three. But Paul, we've been applying all of this conversation to healthcare. This really applies to 
business upstarts, uh, many aspects uh, are relating because I'm not a clinician. And but a lot of the things you're saying are are pretty common sense things that I've had to learn over the years. Let's hear those last three things. Well, mistake number five. This is a, this is a little bit counterintuitive. Um, using your accountant to tell you your business P&L is a mistake, <laughs> I believe. Now, no disrespect to accountants. You need accountants. Right. They're fantastic. You've got to have an accountant. But what's the job of your accountant? Uh, reduce your tax as much as possible and make sure you're compliant, keep you out of jail. Their, their job is not to get you a down and dirty profit and loss. So now what I mean by that, in, in most well, allied health businesses, the accountant has done some good things for you. They've got the trip you took to Sydney for that conference that was really a holiday. You know, there's the car. There's 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 a lot of things in there that aren't they're not really business. Really, they're not really business expenses. So we want a down and dirty profit and loss that is just the raw things that are required to run the business, and we need to know things like rent as a percentage of our gross, our wage bill as a percentage of gross, our other expenses as a percentage of gross, and especially our profit margin as a percentage of gross. And your accountant rarely does any of that. We also need an allocation for your owner's consulting work. So if you're a therapist in your business, if you're seeing patients as the owner, you have to allocate yourself an hourly rate that you then put in your P&L that's the replacement cost. So if I if I'm a therapist and I'm, I'm an owner of a practice and I'm seeing patients in my practice, I've got to allocate in my P&L, let's say 50 bucks an hour, 100 bucks an hour, whatever it's going to cost to replace me as a therapist to do that work. But mm -hmm. your accountant doesn't want to put that hourly rate in. They want to put in a dividend or a, it's a, the wage you pay yourself in your business is a tax decision that isn't reflective of the consulting work you're doing. Sure. So it, it's a it's a bit long-winded, but the idea is to see what your consulting contribution is, because over time, we want to try and drop your consulting hours. But the only way we can show health business owners that that's effective is to show them that they can drop consulting hours, but still increase and maintain their profit. So it's a different P&L analysis. But right. the bottom line, own a consulting wage and get all the non the, the non-clinic specific things out of your PNL, so it's a real down and dirty analysis. So do you mean that this, I can't keep looking at my bank balance at the end of the month and that's my profitability? <laughs> I've taught this class, I've taught this class in the chiropractic world. They believe, some of them believe that. Well, you're not going to show that to a potential buyer. Well, look, I've got, I've got a million dollars right. in the bank, what's my business worth? Well, uh, I, don't right, exactly. I don't know. I've got that's no idea. exactly right. Yeah. Exactly. That's, but that's yeah, that, if you're if you're running a current bank business, you can possibly do that. But if you're <laughs> running a future bank business, what's my business worth? Yeah, yeah. And and that's the only way to get a real valuation. You've got to know. Well, my business is making five hundred grand a year pre-tax profit, and I'm not consulting at all. That business is worth something, and I'll know what the multiple is when I go to sell it. Do I even yeah. want to sell it? Well, you know, that's that's you've got to have the numbers to make those decisions. Otherwise, you just sell it because you've had enough of it. Yeah, I love that. And and just, you know, for the Americans out there, I know you're hearing the word consulting, but I, but what Paul means is treating. Like you're the active clinician in your practice treating. And the idea that you pay yourself the wage that you would have to pay somebody else if you weren't there is a really important strategy. So again, you know what great profitability looks like once you step out and you know that you can step out because you've got enough profits on the back end to support that additional person treating patients in your practice. So now you don't have you don't that, have physic Paul. you don't have to physically pay yourself the Remember, that's a taxation decision, but for your for your down sure. and dirty profit loss, you have to know what your consulting contribution is. Your, your accountant will determine what you get paid from your business, but that's a tax decision. 
it sure. might, might I, have nothing to do with how many hours consulting you do as a practitioner. I have a question for you, um, and, and this is a question that's been asked of me. You know, what, what percentage of gross revenue do you think business owners in our business, Paul, right? You know, chiro, physio, osteopath, osteopathy. What, what do you think is, is the appropriate, um, um, you know, percentage that we should be taking of, of gross revenue as our, as our take on whether it's salary and or distributions? What, what do you think that number should be? In, well, in, in, in practiceology world, in one minute practice world, we, we like a 20 to 30% pre-tax profit. For our, mm-hmm. pro- our businesses. That yep. being said, that being said, if I've got a, if I'm in a multinational organisation, I'm grossing a hundred million, hundred billion dollars. I'll take a one percent cut of that any day of the week. So sure. it does depend on your gross. But if you're not in the twenty to thirty percent range in most small to medium allied health businesses, you probably should get a job and work for someone else because it's much less stressful. Sure. Love it. We, Love there it. was a there was a, there was a thread went through one of the groups over here recently that was talking about. The first quarter of this year has been pretty tough with COVID and everything else. But they talked about the 5% margin. And some were saying we're happy with a 5% margin. So well, I'd, if you're getting a 5% margin in most small outlet health businesses, I'd be, I'd be getting a job. So yeah. it's just not worth it. Yep. 100%. Love it. Great. Thank you for that feedback. Okay. Number six, my friend. What's next? Um, poor or non-existent recruitment systems. Um, you, you know, go back in the old days. I love the old days. Old guys look, love talking about the old days. You'd place an ad in the paper on a Saturday morning, you get 10 applicants and you'd fill the job and that was done. Like that was your recruitment process. They were, they were great days. Not quite as easy these days. Um, and I think there, you've got to come back to the two key drivers of any health business or actually any business, available market and available labour. Two key drivers of every business. Now, mm-hmm. if, I've got, if I've got enough demand for my service, there's plenty of market, I've got to make sure there's enough available labour to to provide that service, otherwise my business won't fly. Now this comes back to fall in love with our product. How many health business owners have opened a practice in a small country town because there's available market for it, or they came from that town, but then they find they can't staff it, they can't get people to come and work for it, so they're chained to it. See, they should have known that when they started. You're not going to you're going to have trouble getting labour to that to that location. So available market and available labour have a recruitment system and the key issue with recruitment there's a lot of the key issue understand do you want to be liked or do you want to be respected so as an owner of any business do you want to be liked or do you want to be respected it's hard to be both when you're the owner of a business and I always chose to be respected because I'm not always going to be liked I'm determining wages holidays uniforms protocols I'm going to be the, the bad man a lot of the time except that but I can tell you now, if I say this is how it's going to be, this is how it's going to be, they've got to respect my decision to do that. You've got to make that choice. You can't be both as a health business owner. So recruitment has got to be ongoing. We did a whole recruitment program on it. Uh, if you want information on it, give us give us a yell. But a whole program, because recruitment is the number one job of allied health business owners these days. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I love that. Okay. So... Um I'm almost sad that we're getting to the end. So give us number seven, Paul. Final one, and I'll, I'll, I'll lose your pain, Joe. I'll give you a bonus one. But the final core, core mistake is not packaging your services. Too many, too many business health business owners just have a treatment by treatment program. They just have, I'll see you on Friday, Mrs. Johnson. I'll see you on Monday. It's just this session by session. If we go back to where we started the session today and fall in love with the market, 
let's say there's a migraine demand there's a migraine problem and you have a migraine solution so that becomes the XYZ healthcare migraine pain away program you named it something and it's 20 sessions or whatever it's called but it's a package deal Jay you're, you're suitable for our migraine away program here's how it works so you sell the package you don't sell the session by session treatment even though they might be exactly the same increased mm -hmm. compliance you then straight away branded yourself and you then can't be compared with on price because you've got an apples to oranges comparison you're, you've, you're the only one with the XYZ migraine program mm -hmm. Brian up the road might be the superstar at migraine but he hasn't got the migraine package so, so package your services into a sellable entity people will buy a package much more than they'll buy session by session consultations and then you can do all sorts of things with your price so package your services every possible opportunity love it that is brilliant advice I love it I'm, I'm even thinking about the steps that we take next in our practices Paul and I might just have to call you up and be like all right brother Got this Love idea. To. What do you think about this package? That would be well, awesome. I appreciate we had, that. So we had, we had packages for everything. There's, there's a better back program. There was the core program. There was the the run run a mile in 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 it was run a marathon in four hours program. Like you just got programs based on the outcome and the benefit. That's Love what it. your program is. And can I, I give you it. one? I know we're going to go one bonus mistake. No, no, we're for good. You. We're good. Give us give us as many bonuses okay. as you like. We're good. Well, this this is the key one. This this one overrides everything. The biggest mistake business owners make. Is they put a monetary value on their family time they put a monetary value on their family time here's the scenario you're a health business owner Friday afternoon you've got your daughter's I don't know, music recital or you've got a list of 10 patients 10 patients might make it two three grand whatever they make you so that so the the owner's mind is trading up two or three grand versus my daughter's recital now, can I tell you that's the biggest mistake you'll ever make in business never ever put a monetary value on your family time you can always see more patients you can always make more money those recitals they're gone like that make sure you're there for and 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 following on from that there's no such thing as quality time with your family it's quality quality time I'm gonna have some quality time with the kids no that doesn't exist family time is quantity time things happen because you're around because you're there my mm -hmm. best example I'm on I was home a lot when my four daughters no, I got four daughters my four daughters were young so I'm there a lot because I wanted the business to allow me to do that I'm on the back deck there and my second youngest comes in she's about 16 she stands there and I said yeah okay darling and she burst into tears and she's not a crier Jade like she doesn't she rarely cries but she burst into tears what's the matter she comes over boyfriend problems whatever it was and she lasted about two minutes in the cuddle didn't say anything thanks dad much better now and she took off <laughs> but see I, I couldn't plan that I, yeah. I couldn't I couldn't Jade break down at two o'clock on Friday because I'm free between clients like you just I've got to be there so family yep. time so your business has to give you the freedom to be around because all the good stuff happens just off the cuff it's just and that's why I've got such a great relationship I, I think with my beautiful wife and my four daughters because we were there for it you gotta love it it's gone so quick anyway that that's I'm not putting the guilt trip on you but what are you doing this for for the for the you know, for your family for your relationships that what you remember you don't remember the patient list you don't remember that anyway I yep. hope that I hope that gives Beautiful. some perspective it. to it 
Yeah, man. I'm, I know that's got a lot of people thinking right now, and, <laughs> and they should be. So that's a beautiful thing. Brad, man, this is some great stuff. Like one of the, one of the best ones we've had. Um, we, we, Paul, tell us more about where we can find you and how people can get in touch, all that. Probably the best way. Um, I've got a free PDF copy of the book. Uh, if you want to go to go to mypracticeology.com forward slash quiz. So mypracticeology.com forward slash quiz. There's a free two-minute quiz. You can check the efficiency of your practice, but you also get a, a PDF download of the book. Second page of the book, there is a link where you can get access to all the resources I've talked about today. So P&L, action plan, marketing plans, new patient registers, examples of that in the book. So, so go to mypracticeology.com forward slash quiz. Don't have to do the quiz, but do the quiz. Put your name and email. You'll get a copy of the book. Go to the second page and you get all the resources. Um, if you want to go a bit further, if you like what we talked about today, you want to have a chat with me, um, I do a free kickstart session for health business owners. Just head to mypracticeology.com and you can organize a chat with me. And we do a monthly demonstration of practiceology. Again, you can find that also at mypracticeology.com. And socials, I'm a LinkedIn guy. So find me on LinkedIn, Paul Wright, Newcastle. i uh, love to connect with you on LinkedIn. That's my platform of choice. So that's where you can find me. hope that's useful. I'm going to do that today. I, I need to order. Uh, is your book available on Amazon? Is that is that yes. what I heard earlier? I need yeah, to but, order. Um, I need to order six or seven copies. I've got some people that need to send, hear <laughs> need to hear this. Um, but send me send me your send me your postal list, Brad, and I'll send you over some copies. You can you can on my shout. Oh man, I appreciate just shoot over that. your mailing address. Yeah, I'll do That's that. Awesome. I appreciate it. Um, man, Jay, have you learned anything today? Oh my God! Yeah, this is Tick phenomenal. Tickling in the like, back of your neck, going, "Hey, that might be me." <laughs> that pa- that listen, that packages idea. I just love that. Yeah. That is some brilliant marketing, you know, just for one. But I've learned a lot. Like I and and I I think there's a lot of alignment with all of us understanding the importance of the care that we deliver to our patients, but also realizing that we have to take care of ourselves and our families and our lives and have the freedom that we want. And we can do both of those things. We can create impact and be free at the same fucking time. I think that's what it's all about. No the role of your business and, and the role of your business is to serve you. It's, it's your master. You need to be its master, not the other way around. Too many people, the business is everything. It's not that at yep. all. Yep. That's a hard Love thing it. to do. You know, Jay, we have a lot of really interesting guests from a lot of really great. And in the back of my mind, I've sort of been creating this tick list of where we need to do live podcasting from. And oh, I, yes. I think we need to do Australia, don't you? Hell yeah, let's do it. A little scuba diving and uh, uh, and a little podcasting and spending the day with Paul. Uh, see see in Australia. Awesome. Happy to it, show you around, boys. It. Happy yeah. to love it. Yeah, that's it's great. Fun. Well, listen, that time's come. Uh, it happens so quick. Uh, but, Paul, we really appreciate you. Sorry for the technical difficulties in the beginning. But, um, <laughs> you, you know, I, it, Jay and his goofy uh, computer, I guess. I know I'll take the blame for this one this time. <laughs> anyway, thank you for spending the last hour with us. Um, uh, we're going to put this one out there. We're going to market it really heavy on Facebook. and. And I'll send you links whenever it's it's ready to go so you can see it and post it too. But man, thank you again for doing that. Yeah, Absolute pleasure, great. guys. And anything you need, guys, let me know. We're, we're always here to give. And um, what's, what did, uh, who was it? Zig Ziglar. You help enough people get what they want, you'll always get what you want. That's so exactly anything right. I can do, guys, let me know. Thanks, we'll do man. that. 
Appreciate you. So, Jay, we got a bunch of things coming up here in the near future. We've got uh, Virginia coming up. Uh, yeah. We've uh, we've got uh, Texas coming up after Texas. that. Yeah. And so we're going to get to spend a little time laughing and talking um, at the bar, seeing some of our friends again. So that is always a good time to look forward to. Can't wait, man. Right, Can't man. wait. It's going to be a blast. From my co-host, Dr. Jay Greenstein, I'm Brad Cost. Have a good day. See y'all. Come on. And the Data Doc of Talk is Tech Talk.